This podcast is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, check out our website at communitycovenant.net. Again, today's scripture reading is out of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Well, hey, um, most of you, but not all of you, know this. A little over a week ago, um, a, a letter went out, an email went out, and Mark talked about it last week. Mark and Patty will be leaving us and uh, out of a sense of calling uh, to a church down in Sammamish. And, of course, there's mix of sadness and excitement about that. Um, in that, we want you, we're inviting you as the congregation to an informal gathering this Tuesday night here at 6.30. This is not a formal meeting or business meeting. This is a time for us to just come together to be able to voice some of our emotions, some of our uh, concerns, our hopes, our questions, uh, and to pray together. We'll, we'll seek to answer some questions about process, but the primary purpose of that is to come together and begin navigating this as the, the, the body of Christ together. And so you're invited into that this Tuesday, 630. There's more information in your worship guide with details about child care, so please look there. Uh, also, Mark and Patty would love, one of the, the greatest takeaways for them would be to hear from you uh, stories of how God has used them in their life uh, to, for, for transformation, transformation of the heart. And those are really cool to share, you know, in person. But, man, to have those in writing for them to be able to take away with them would be huge. And so uh, one way you can do that, the best way you could do that is on our website, on the front page, you'll see a little uh, image link that just says stories, share stories for Mark and Patty. And you uh, click on that and you could submit your story. Um, uh, for them to take away. And uh, some of those might be shared on June 10th. Uh, we'll just kind of wait and see. But June 10th is also when we're having a celebration event for them. And you'll be hearing more about that. So. And just to be clear, that's not the complaint department, right? That's not the complaint right. department. That's right. Thank you. That's good. So he, he's not going to take any of those away. So. I want to acknowledge uh, certain people in the room, and you know who you are. Um, you feel really good about yourself because you're going to graduate this week, whether you're UAA this afternoon or uh, the high schools on, I think, Thursday. So uh, give, your, give yourself, come on, give your, put those hands together. Come on. Yeah. All right, I want to say a few things about yesterday and then a few things about tomorrow and see how they relate to us today. So yesterday was my birthday. Don't clap, please. And uh, no, come on. No, no, that's that's just. Uh, yeah. And um, it was my birthday and I got. Um, uh, have I said before that I I'm on Facebook, but, uh, you know, and um, so I'm on. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tear it. Yeah. 
And um, so I get all these happy birthdays on there, 43 of them. 43, yeah. And that's, to me, that's a lot. And I'm not very active on there, so I just imagine what some of you get. 43, and it just overwhelms me as I see these things. You know, I'm doing my stuff, and I see these things coming through on my... They show up, you know, on your, on your email, and then they... Yeah, and, and I, so I'm just feeling... Uh, Patty, Patty, help! What a, help me out here! What, what do, do I have to... I feel this obligation. Am I supposed to do something? Do I have to respond to all these people? Ah! I feel very unqualified when it comes to Facebook. Okay, that was yesterday. Now tomorrow, I'm going to play golf. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, uh, my, my buddy Tim over here, as long as the weather holds out, we'll be, we're going to play golf tomorrow. So I want you to know that golf is one of the most frustrating and humiliating activities a human being can ever enter into. <laughs> I know for certain that I will have great disappointment in myself tomorrow. Why do I do it? I, I risk all of this uh, because it's fun and I, I somehow enjoy the game. I feel qualified to play this game that is so frustrating and humiliating and all the rest. I, I don't know. I just feel confident and competent to go out there and hit that little ball around and see what happens. Now, why is it that I resist? My attitude is so bad towards something. By the way. Out of those 43 Facebook happy birthdays, I noticed that 37 of them were from not men. So there's, there's a gender <laughs> imbalance thing going on there. At any rate, um, but why is it that I have such a bad attitude about Facebook, where I, and it's because I, and I just don't feel like I'm qualified, and yet golf is such a frustrating sport, and I know some of you would much rather be home doing Facebook than playing golf. But what is it about that? I, feel, I just feel this confidence and competence towards golf, even though I'm not very good at it. Now, when it comes to, okay, relating that to today, the gospel of Jesus Christ, spiritual life in Christ, I hang out with a lot of people who are, they feel towards their spiritual life the way I feel towards Facebook. They don't feel qualified. They don't feel confident or competent to enter into the things of the Spirit. So, uh, for example, let me, let me uh, make just a point here. The, the, the New Testament says that if you're, if you're a believer in Christ, that you are, get this word, you are a minister. That's, that's biblical language. And then you, you, some of you try to deflect that and you call me a minister. Well, I'm not going to take any of that. I'm, I don't, I mean, I'll be a minister if you will be a minister. I'll, I'll go by pastor or I can go by other, but I'm not going to be a minister if you're not. We're in this thing together. And you know, by the way, you know what the word minister means in the Greek? It just means servant. We're servants of the gospel. And if you're a Christian, by definition, you are a servant of the gospel. It's, it's just part of the outflow of your life. And you'll have ministry. Uh, that's just, you can't be a Christian and not have ministry. It's impossible. Unless you just like became a Christian five minutes ago, and even now you're you're already starting. It's just it's the it's, just, it's what the Bible talks about. So, but people hear that I'll say stuff like that, and they say, "Well, I don't know. I sure don't feel very confident or competent." So that's what we're getting at. Paul is going to in this uh, what we call here last week the Great Digression. Uh, he's going to share uh, with us how to deepen our understanding, and I think he wants us to feel qualified.
really, in the spiritual life. So get ready for that. We're going to start out. We're going to walk through these verses, starting with verse one and work our way down to verse six. Paul begins, he says, are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, you ever see that one before? Like some people, there's other people there that Paul is uh, in conflict with. Do we need letters of recommendation to you or from you? Paul is asking. Do we need to commend ourselves again? So we remember last week we, we saw that Paul is, he is the founding uh, he's the apostle, he's the founding pastor, if you will, of this church in Corinth, which is uh, a couple of hours uh, west of, of uh, Athens in, in Greece there. And Paul is, uh, he, he's having problems because this congregation that he established is no longer in sync with his heart or with his life. And he's hurting. He has, there's, there's two things that these other people, these other teachers, he's the founder, but other teachers have come in and they've, they've made trouble. And they're saying two things. One is, Paul is not really a very good apostle. If you look at his life, he's always in trouble. There's no glory in his life. I mean, wherever he goes, he, you know, things happen that aren't good. And, you know, you, is he really who he says he is? That's that's the implication. So that's one thing. They're attacking Paul personally, but then they're also diluting the message. We're going to see that today. They're saying that you really need to go back into the Jewish faith to find the substance of your faith. That Christ is, is yeah, Christ is, is good and we want Christ, but to fill in, we need to go back into the Jewish faith. So it's, it's, it's that kind of a message. The same thing we see in the letter to the Galatians. Paul is so now Paul's in a difficult position. He's trying to, he has to defend himself. And yet he wants to defend himself without it becoming all about him. Because when people defend themselves by, you know, it's just their bruised ego, right? That they've been attacked and and now he wants to fight back. And Paul doesn't want to go there. That's not what he's called to do. But he realizes that if he doesn't defend himself, that if people wander from him, they're going to wander from the gospel that is true. And so his life is so bound up in this thing called the gospel that if people are wandering from him, this is how, I mean, he has a high opinion of himself, but it's because he has such a higher opinion of the gospel in him, the message that he's been given. And it creates this tension in Paul's life that you'll read about where, wherever he, he goes. It's not about him, but, it, but he, he carries this treasure. He, he calls himself uh, an earthen vessel or a clay jar that is very ordinary, but it contains this uh, uh, invaluable treasure. So that's the issue that Paul has. So how's he going to fight the battle? He says, um, you yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry. So what Paul is saying is, look at yourselves. You would not be here. You wouldn't be the church that you are without my ministry. You see, you're the evidence of this gospel. Look around. You don't need others to uh, tell you a different gospel. Uh, Look at the effects. Look at the results of the ministry that we have had with you. And so Paul is talking about the fruit of his ministry. Now I want to say a couple of things about fruit. And I'm going to take it a little different direction because uh, it's a little, we're, we're in a different place now. Fruit, uh, results, uh, evidence, visible evidence of your life in Christ. Can I talk about that and my life in Christ? It's, 
it's not always evident that, I mean, we, we, we can feel really discouraged sometimes that we're not more fruitful. But I want to say, first of all, that you, like, as I said earlier, if you are um, a minister of the gospel, which is what you are if you're in Christ, that you will have fruit in your life. There is no other way. I mean, I, I can go to the Bible here. And you may feel very inadequate, very unqualified when I say that, but I'm going to try to convince you of something, okay? Uh, it's just it's the normal Christian life, that there will be an outflow of, of God stuff coming out of you as you connect yourself with God, the Holy Spirit. So that's the life we're called to. That's just, that defines life. Now, what's very discouraging is when we don't have fruit in our lives, it's very discouraging. Now, it's not so much about us having credentials, as Paul is struggling with here, but who's it discouraging to? It's discouraging to you if you don't have fruit in your life. Now, fruit means just that stuff that God wants you to be about, that, that, that somehow indicates his work and activity in, in your life. It's very discouraging. Uh, I can think of times in my life, long periods of time in my life, where I just felt so fruitless. <sighs> and... Um, there are in normal. There are seasons of life. I, I'll, I'll take the other side. I remember when I was at, uh, early in our years here and um, at Jitters, and three three mornings in a row sitting there at Jitters, I was able to lead people to saving faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm thinking, man, what's going to happen on day four? This is getting to be kind of cool after three days. And what is it? The coffee? What is it, Lord? Come on! And it was just so exciting. And then and then it was like. You know, six months before that even happened. There's seasons of the Spirit. The Spirit moves. The, John says the wind blows where it blows. The, the, the Spirit blows. I mean, we can't control all that stuff. So we go through these dry periods of life as well. Now, the dry periods are life in the desert. And what happens when you're in the desert? What are you, what are you getting more and more as you're in the desert, hopefully? Yeah, thirsty. Not dead, but thirsty. And so during those dry periods which seems so fruitless, there's actually fruit that is happening inside of you, maybe not outside, but inside of you, as you long for more of the Spirit of God to be working. So I want you to hear this, and maybe some of you will pick up on this, that every day, and I have to be qualify that to say I'm not, a, I'm not, I'd like to be able to say every day and just, you know, take, you take me literally on that, but virtually every day I pray for three things for you. And sometimes very specifically by name and sometimes just for this church. I pray for salvation to happen here. I pray for transformation to happen here. And I pray for healing to happen here. Now, there's other good prayers. And you may have uh, three things that you pray for every day that are just as good or better. But that's what I feel God has called me to do is to pray for those three things. Now, none of those three things can happen without the Holy Spirit of God. I cannot make salvation happen in another person. Boy, that feels good. And I cannot make transformation happen in another person. Maybe a little bit in myself as I participate with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I can't bring I can't bring healing to another person unless I am the one who introduces them to the healer, Jesus Christ. So it's not I don't have to do those things, but my thirst and my hunger for those things goes way up. Uh, my longing to be fruitful goes way up. So now the, the, you'll have seasons where uh, fruit is, is very slow. And Paul, remember, Paul is looking at this church and he's saying, you are my fruit. But you'll also have times where the just it's so slow. It's just it, it, it's not just it's not just long seasons of 
no parent fruit, but then there's just a slowness when it comes. So I want to tell you a little story. And um, Nancy here knows this story. We're going to keep it confidential. And you don't have to come up here, by the way. I figured out how to do it without you. Yeah. All right. But about six years ago, I got a after a Sunday like this, and it was probably a message kind of like this. I'm thinking, what did I say that? Day? Well, anyway, I got an email from someone and um, a, a woman who was there, but she kept herself anonymous from me. And she referred to herself. She set up a, a, a separate email account with the name TC or troubled Christian. So I, I would I entered into on that Tuesday six years ago, a, a, a relationship, if I can say that, a, an email, not Facebook, <laughs> email, relationship with, with TC. And she would tell me part of her story, and I could tell there's a lot of pain there. Boy, talk about need for transformation and healing, at least. And, uh, you know, really, salvation is about all of that, too. To be self, salvation, the word salvation just means to be made whole. That's what we're talking about here. Be made whole. Jesus can make you whole. So, um, she was uh, lots of stuff in her past, lots of confusion and asking lots of hard questions and fairly analytical. And so um, uh, as we as we went along and I think went, two years went by of this kind of off and on again. Uh, uh, and I had no idea who this was. I just knew this person was sitting out there <laughs> every, you know, most Sundays. No idea. Well, uh, at some point in there, um, there was a breakthrough in terms of. And this is where Nancy got involved, and I don't want to go into all the details, but um, Nancy had some things in her life that related to this this woman. And so somehow we set that up where they could meet together. And then eventually I found out who it was. And that was a huge thing for her to find out for me to know who she was and and all the rest. And and there was this just this it's like this yo-yo ride. And and is there ever going to be fruit? That's the question here. I'm trying to not get too far from the text. That was last week's sermon <laughs> digression. All right. Anyway, uh, a lot of uh, up and down and uh, just about ready to fall apart. The Holy Mary unravel and then, you know, she's had it with Christ and just going to walk away or whatever. And then uh, I want to read from and there were other people involved in this whole thing. But I want to read a an email I got on Friday from this person. So I'm sitting here, you know, work, figuring out what I'm going to say today. Well, here it came right through. <laughs> Um, Dear Pastor Mark, as your birthday tomorrow, that was Friday, is forever etched in my memory, I just wanted to wish you the happiest of days. It will be a year since I walked into your office, gave you my testimony, and asked you to baptize me. Since completely committing my life to him, I have had just as many ups and downs as before. The difference now, however, is knowing and relying on the one true God. And for that, I not only thank him, I also thank you. Happy birthday. Well, that was encouraging. You see, when you have when you see fruit in your life and this is meant to encourage all of you. But and I was just a little part of of that. There were there were others. And um, those are the stories that we when we shared our outflow stories up here, you're seeing the evidence of the activity of the Holy Spirit of God. If you do not see that in your life and if you cannot connect your story to it, it's very discouraging and you have to fake it. And you don't want to fake it. You want that to be real. And if, if it's dry in your life right now, just amp up your prayer life more and more. God, I thirst for 
salvation, healing, transformation, whatever those words are, but for the Holy Spirit of God to work in you and through you to bring about fruit. Fruit is normal to the Christian life. So Paul says, you are the fruit of my ministry, written not with ink, verse 3, but with the spirit of the living God, not on human or not on tablets, but on human hearts. So the spirit of God um, is written on if thinking about all those those things I got yesterday from you have an email posted on your Facebook wall or whatever it is. This is the spirit of God has posted his voice, his presence in the wall of your heart. You don't need any more than that. The Spirit of God. Well, uh, Paul goes on in uh, verses 4 and 5, and he talks about the confidence that he has. Even though his life looks like a mess, he doesn't look like a super apostle in any way, but he has this confidence. And so such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. Now, for me, as I was thinking about these two words, confidence and competence, I need to get confidence before I get competence. Um, And, um, yeah, if I think of of golf, which I'm I'm doing, okay. So, um, golf, if I see that ball and I have confidence and I can actually visualize where that ball is going to go and how it's going to get there and where it's going to end up, if I can visualize that before I hit it, I'm way more competent when I hit it. That's what I'm trying to say here. So I want that. I want that confidence in me. Um, that that uh, it, it, it's going to have a great deal of effect on on how things work out. If I'm going to be qualified for this ministry, I'm going to need to know. Now, so in in Philippians, Paul says this. And if you're um, a mountain man or woman at the well, you know this verse. Philippians one six. Being confident of this. Help me out here, some of you. Being confident of this, he who began a good... You're qualified. You can do this. You've been through two years of training. Come on, step up to the plate. Being confident of this, he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Did I get it right? Close anyway. All right. Close is good enough. So... um, But Paul has a confidence in him. And it's from the Spirit of God that he has that confidence because the Spirit of God is at work in him. And I ask you the question, are you spiritually confident? Are you sure that the Holy Spirit of God is in you? Absolutely sure, 100% sure. Now, if you're a Christian, and if you're not a Christian, we're just glad you're here. We all start out not being... I mean, there's nobody here that wasn't... None of us are born Christians, all right? That's the point. You, you can't be born a Christian. You have to be born again a Christian. So, you know, we all have the same starting point. But if you are a Christian, if you are in Christ, you will have the Spirit of God in you. The Bible is absolutely clear on that. Do you have confidence in that? Do you have confidence that He is working in you? That's, you know, that's what we're talking about here. Now, I want to give you a, an image that will hopefully illustrate you've seen this before i've used this a lot but it's the reason i've used it a lot is because it's really a good image come on tell me it's good i need some confidence here all right what is that it's an iceberg and 
since we just celebrated the 100th anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic. Very appropriate, but that's not what we're here about. Um, that part on top is roughly 10% of the iceberg. Now think of that as a human being, that people see, and I believe this is true, they see about 10% of your life. And that 10% is how your competence in life gets measured. But the majority of who you are is lived out in a darker, secret, underworld place. And I think you know that about yourself. Human beings are amazingly deep. And uh, that's a compliment. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We can't even understand ourselves. So there's a, um, it's that underworld that I, I want to explore. Now, what we try to do is pretend that we're competent. Rather than having the confidence that comes from the Holy Spirit that is working in that underworld to give us a confidence that will lead to a greater competence that is from God, we tend to just on our own try to look better uh, on that part that everyone else can see. And that's not the competence we're after. Uh, in fact, in that, that lower world, if without Christ, what dominates that lower world are, and, and there's many words I could go to here, but two words in particular, pride and fear. And pride and fear are, are very much related words. Pride is all, it's about, uh, I am the greatest compared to, you know, or I'm greater than uh, that other person over there. And fear is, I'm not good enough to be compared with that person over there. And we need to be freed up, folks, if we're going to have confidence and competence and know that we are qualified in the spiritual life, we're going to have to be freed up from those fears and that pride. And they're both, it's all about you. It is all about you. Now, back to the golfing illustration. If you've ever played golf, you know that one of the things that can be the most... Uh, anxiety-producing moment is on the first tee when there's all these people around and they're watching you because the clubhouse is right there. And all these guys who you, in your mind, imagine are way better than you are, their eyes are on you, and you're sitting there thinking, I just want to hit that ball. I don't know. I don't care where it goes or whatever. Now, when I go back earlier, you, you've lost your confidence. You, you don't have... You, thinking that way is not going to get you more competent. You got to go up there thinking, I'm going to smack this ball down the middle of the fairway. But you, you're just, you're anxious, you're fearful, and it's your pride and your, or your lack of pride or the, the, the abundant fear. It's all about you is the problem. It's all about you. And you've forgotten your mission. This is how it works. The secret of Paul's life, and if I can just say this, I, it's, it's a secret, is that he is so non-self-conscious. He is so non-self-conscious and he is so spirit aware. He is so aware of the Holy Spirit in him and then operating through him to other people. And he doesn't really care about himself or what other people think. It's just the secret of his life. Do you want that? I mean, is, how does that sound? And, and if, if Paul, were, we're going to have communion here in a few minutes, just, just to bring it down a little bit more. But if Paul were here, I think he would say, you know, don't, don't worry about, if you're coming for communion today, focus in on what it's about. Don't, don't think, am I supposed to be doing this? Or am I, am, am, is this the way you do it in the right order? Or am I supposed to say the right words? 
And you can do all of that, and you become so self-conscious. You're trying to look competent. Well, believe, we're not comp. I'm not competent. I'm not. In myself, I'm not competent. I can, I'm only saying the stuff today that I'm saying because I have a confidence in the Holy Spirit's work in me because of the evidence I've seen in His work in my life. I want that. Paul, He wants that for you. You're ministers. You're qualified. Next week, I'll be on the PGA Tour. Who knows? <laughs> I'll post my scores on Facebook. Who knows? <laughs> so... Uh, this is where Paul goes. So that's his secret, really. Freed up. Freed up from his own thoughts and other people's thoughts and focused on God. It's really what, what you find in that, in that email that I read for you earlier. Somebody who, who's discovered that. Is, um, she, was, she was torn apart by her own fears and self-absorption. Well, um, Paul says... In the last verse here, we're going to look at verse six. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit for the letter kills. But the spirit gives life. There was in the Old Testament, there were uh, there was a lot that Paul knew about. And we're going to look at a little bit here. The old covenant. This is from Exodus chapter 19 through 23, 24. When, when, this is right when the, old, uh, the Ten Commandments were given. And three times, clearly, you, let me just read those for you, but you, you'll see the, the strain here that's common. The people all responded together, we will do everything the Lord has said, after God had asked them to obey. And then verse 24, after the Ten Commandments, everything the Lord has said, we will do. And then once again, we will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. Now, how does that sound? <laughs> is there is there res- resolution there? I mean, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna do it right. Three times they say it. And if you've ever said to yourself, "I'm never going to do that again," <laughs> or "I'm always going to do this," I mean, you know, we do that stuff. So it's their resolve to uh, change the way they live. And they, I believe they were sincere to the degree they could be. But you know that within a couple of weeks, they had um, seriously compromised themselves. They, they created an, an idol, a gold idol. You know the story of the calf, the golden calf. And they were, as Moses came down, they were in some form or fashion in a sexual orgy around this golden calf. It's not. And then you read the Old Testament uh, on through and it's it's very much an on again, off again. I mean, they failed that basically they really did fail in their commitment. This is the old covenant. It's looking at the letter of the law and responding. We will do it. That's the that's the heart of the old covenant. So you get to. Uh, roughly 800 years later, in the, uh, because they did so poorly at it, the people of Israel are in Babylon in exile. They were thrown out of the promised land, and they're in exile. And there's a prophet, uh, a great prophet Ezekiel, in exile, and he is looking forward to a new day. A new day is needed when, you're, when you fail that much that often. And here's what uh, the Lord says through the prophet Ezekiel. In that place, he says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. 
I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you uh, and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So the... The, the, if you notice the difference here, there's, there's three differences between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant that I'm going to talk about real quick. The one is the initiative of love. Where was the initiative for in the Old Covenant? Where was it coming from? We will. We will do it. We will obey you. We, we love you, God. We'll do what you want us to do, is paraphrasing it. And here it's God saying, I, I'm initiating this. I will give you. I will remove. I will put it's all God saying, I'm going to do something that you failed at. That's, that's the first difference between these covenants. The second difference is in the empowerment or in the enablement. I will, uh, I will move you to follow my decrees. The law is still good. New covenant, old covenant, doesn't matter. What God has said, the Ten Commandments are still valid. It's just that, that seeing them on a tablet is not going to motivate you to keep them. You have to have the Spirit of God in you to keep the law. That's the point. And you're no longer under the law in terms of its uh, punishments and so forth. But he's going to give us the power, the enabling power to do that. And the third thing is the provision. The provision of grace. Because you're not going to keep it perfectly. Tell me I'm right. Yeah. You're with me on that? If there's one thing you have confidence in is you're not perfect, right? Yeah. And, and so we need God's grace. And we need, uh, we need all that he's going to give us in the new covenant. And that's what this table is all about, is the new covenant. Jesus said on the night when he was betrayed, he, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then after they had eaten a meal, he, took a, he raised a glass. It had wine. And this, this is part of the, the Passover ceremony. And he said, this cup is the new covenant. This is the new covenant. This is the covenant of the Spirit of God who is going to do for you what you could never do for yourself. And he's going to, he's initiated his love. He's uh, enabled you in power to carry out, his, to, to follow his ways. And he's provided this grace when you fail. Isn't that beautiful? That is what we celebrate at Communion. It's the fruit of Jesus' life that we celebrate together. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the offer to qualify each of us. That you would use any one of us, Lord, to do your will on this planet is an amazing thing. And so, Spirit of the living God, I pray for all of us to have a hunger and thirst, a greater hunger and thirst for you in us a longing for the fruit of your work in us and through us, and for a deeper inner work of healing and transformation that results in more fruit in our lives and more love and joy and peace in our lives. Fill us with your spirit, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.